sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hour two on Sports Grid Channel 204 here on Sirius XM. Matt Peralta with you here on a Friday before the Super Bowl. What's up? Pushing the odds. You can follow the, the show on Twitter at Pushing the Odds, or you can follow me on Twitter personally at Sports Talk Matt. All right, so we got a lot still to come on the program. Joe Fortenbaugh joined us in the first hour, coming up in hour two here on Sports Grid Channel 204. Ariel Epstein, you hear her before this program. We're going to tap on her shoulder and say, hey, okay. You've been giving out all these winners on your own program. Let's come on over to our show here and let's get you exposed to the Sports Map Radio audience a little bit. And let's get some winners out of you as well in the Super Bowl. Her picks and props will come up here at 40 past the hour. Looking forward to that. We've got a lot to get to more on the game. But let's talk about the coin flip here for just one second because it's sort of a... A wacko topic. David Payton Pernum, who will be on the show later on on the sports map side of things from ESPN Chalk, is going to come in and talk about, well, everything Super Bowl. But he wrote a great piece about the coin flip. And I think everyone's got to take a quick breath here. And this goes for the entire game. All right. The entire game. I know you want to get revved up and excited and you want to come out heavy on the Super Bowl. There are unique things to bet on. And, and I totally understand that because there are unique things to bet on, that means... I don't know, you're kind of into like, ooh, I could bet on that, and I can bet on this, and what about that, and what about this? you got to calm yourself down on the Super Bowl. In particular, if you were a recreational gambler, this is the Super Bowl not just for the guys. It's the Super Bowl of sports gambling, meaning the professionals are coming out with guns blazing. They will bet the max they can get out today, tomorrow, Sunday, because this is when the books are the most liquid. You've got the most capital, and they're comfortable with the positions. So $5,000, $10,000, these are not abnormal wagers coming down on really anything. It's up to the book, depending on what they want to take from a particular better. And there are all sorts of Twitter threads going on right now about professional gamblers who are, act, who are trying to get down a significant amount of money on one side or the other. There are significant professional gamblers who are trying to get plus three and a half on Tampa. They believe that everyone is just thinking it's going to be the Chiefs, it's going to be the Chiefs, and it's not going to be the Chiefs. And they may win the game, but they're not going to cover three and a half. It is startling to me how confident the books are at three. We had John Sheeran from the FanDuel Sportsbook on yesterday. They are so confident at three. They're not moving. They should be, but they're not. They're moving the total. They are moving the juice on the side, but they aren't moving the way you would think when 85, 90% of the money is all coming in here on Kansas City. They know that if they feel a little bit wishy-washy, they can go to three and a half, and the Tampa money will flow. So what I think is going to happen coming up right before kickoff, if you like three and a half, wait. I think every book in the country is going to be at three and a half at kickoff. I think that's going to be the closing number is going to be three and a half. The books are just holding on. 
to three for as long as they can, and then they're going to flip it over, and they're going to go to three and a half. Now, the total, I don't know about. I bet six and a half under two days ago, and that was pretty much the prevailing number everywhere. And I just, I didn't think it was going to move all that much, but I just, I saw three and a half and I grabbed it. And at the same time, I grabbed under 56 and a half. This morning at the FanDuel Sportsbook, it's at 55. Will we see it drop even more? I don't know if this is professional money or it's public money driving this down because there is this narrative out there. And I hate when narratives get bet, but this is kind of where we are here, where the professionals are on the under and the public starts to hear that, and the public's like, ooh, wait, maybe I'm wrong about the over. Maybe I need to go ahead and bet the under, because the one thing about the total in this game, you don't have any liability in the futures market to worry about. One of the things that people keep on talking about, saying, look, the books can't lose Tampa, monster liability to them winning it all. Okay, so if Tampa wins it all, that's brutal. And you can't get beat on top of that if the Bucks were to cover three and a half. So if, if the Chiefs win by three and the Bucks cover, now you've got liability. Well, I guess it, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be that bad because it would be a, a loss for Tampa. But it, it's just weird to me that there's not a bigger number here for Tampa earlier in the week. And so I just the, the total does not have any future market Chiefs liability or Bucks liability to win at all. There's none of that money line liability. There's none of that, right? There's a lot of money line liability on the Bucks because people aren't betting the spread. They're taking Tampa to win the game. I'm not doing that. They might win the game, but I'm not doing that. I, I still think the Chiefs have a really good chance of winning the game. I just think you get over three, the chance of like this game ending somewhere in the neighborhood like 30 to 27 is is, is pretty likely. I mean, the books are telling you that. That's what they think the game is going to be, like 30 to 27, which is 57, which is just under what they opened the game at, which is 57 and a half. So that's what they're telegraphing. That's what they're projecting. Chiefs, 30 to 27. Is that the final? I hope not, because I would rather have it be like 28, 20, you know, somewhere in the range. Well, I guess I'm betting three and a half. So how about 27, 24? Okay, I'm 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 totally comfortable. 27-24, great. That works for me. I'm in. 51 under hits, Bucks cover. That's the ideal game for me. Now, will it be that low scoring? I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of people think this is a high scoring game. A lot of pros think it's a high scoring game. But I guess that's why we bet and why we play, right? To see who's going to wind up being right and who's going to wind up being wrong. Hopefully, we're on the right side. But I am completely comfortable limping in. A quarter unit on the side and a quarter unit on the total. I'm going to be way more committed in the prop market than I am on a side and a total, but I am on bucks plus three and a half, and I am on the under 56 and a half. Errol Epstein joins us during this hour of the program. We welcome in the SportsMet Radio audience next. It's Pushing the Odds on SportsGrid, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Massachusetts, here he is, Matt Perron! Well, after this weekend... Man, we're going to be looking at the UFC a lot, huh? There's some big fights coming down the pike for the UFC. You see that video of Paige Van Zandt? She's, she's in that bare-knuckled knuckle mania fight coming up, the bare-knuckled fighting championships. She's now switched over from the UFC. She's fighting a woman named Britton Hart. 
and it was like a real it wasn't like a i don't think that was made up at the face-off that kind of that went viral and the, the the girl kept on saying she kept on swearing at Paige, but she kept on saying that you can't use you can't choke me out you can't use ufc rules all you can do is punch and you can't because uh, i don't think you can kick in the in the bare knuckle fighting championship i think it's just i think it's just fists but that's going to be an interesting fight i mean look they're paying Paige a lot of money a lot of money to go and, and get people's eyeballs on it and that little exchange i never heard of britain hart before so they're winning <laughs> they're winning because i paid attention to it so uh the, the weigh-ins turned into a scuffle and it's going to happen in tampa florida coming up and she kept on saying this is not mma you can't choke get the bleeping rules right before you come into my bleeping game how about that get the rules right i will touch you first tomorrow whatever that means <laughs> i mean it's a fight so it's her debut Ah, the bare knuckle fighting stuff is just brutal to me. I mean, it's really bloody and it's really brutal. It is, it is rough. <laughs> it is really, really rough to watch. And people for a long time thought the UFC was like that. But uh, I don't know what they'll do for buys. But you're doing it on the Saturday night before the Super Bowl, and I don't know. Maybe people are flush with money and they want to they want to watch Paige fight. So uh, I won't be buying it, but I'll definitely be curious to see how she does and. I'm guessing, you know, I'm guessing they're going to do pretty well. I mean, Paige is a draw. A lot of people like watching Paige Van Zandt for a variety of reasons. They like watching her fight. So, in, in Britain, in Britain Hart is an attractive woman as well. So, you got two women throwing down. I don't know why Stephen A. Smith said what he said in an interview this week where he basically said, I have no interest in watching women fight in MMA. Where, I, I mean, I, I kind of was like, what? Because, well, one, I mean, Ronda Rousey's rise really opened up the UFC to a totally new demographic and grew the company leaps and bounds. And then Holly Holm and now Amanda Nunes. I, I don't know. I, I find that I found it to be kind of an odd comment that like, I don't want to watch women fight because women, the women, the women's fights, women's championship fights are incredible. I mean, the best fight in the year last year was, was two women fighting. So I, I don't know why he said that. I'm sure the company didn't really appreciate that. ESPN's heavily invested in MMA, in women's MMA for that matter. But I, I like watching women's If you like the sport of mixed martial arts, watching women fight is, is awesome. I mean, they are incredibly athletic. They are incredibly flexible. They're quick. Uh, the takedown techniques and the grappling techniques and the things that they're able to do, uh, you know, on the octagon in the octagon is is insane. It's super fun. I mean, super fun. So I, I don't know that that was kind of a weird comment that there's no desire to watch women fight. I mean, I, I I like watching athletes fight, men or women, if they're athletic and they do incredible things. That's what I like. And women's MMA is is awesome. So I never got that comment by Stephen A. Smith. So I'm guessing he's not going to buy Paige Van Sant fighting uh, in the bare-knuckled fighting championship this coming weekend. My guess is that's not going to be on his radar screen. What is on our radar screen are our four big stories. We call this the Hard Four. It's time for the Hard Four on Pushing the Odds with Matt Peralt. All right, big game on Sunday. Obviously, Chiefs are still three-point favorites at the FanDuel Sportsbook. The line, the total, well, the line's not moving. Total is. Total's down to 55.5 at FanDuel. I took the under 56.5, so I'm on that. I think the total does come back up. I also think I bet plus 3.5. 
I also think you're going to get plus three and a half at kickoff. I do think even FanDuel potentially could go back up to three and a half at kickoff. I think everybody's on Tampa, sorry, on Kansas City, and I think you're going to see a ton of liability come in Saturday, Sunday when the public wakes up and wants to bet they're going to be all over the KC, all of the KC Chiefs. Tyreek Hill yesterday talked about the chess match that's going to go on on Sunday. I just feel like this is another game, you know, to go against, you know, some fantastic DBs. You know, I feel like our guys are ready, not just me, but our guys as wide-ass tight ends, running backs, you know, all of us are ready for that challenge because they're a great defense. They got a good secondary. So, man, just this whole entire week, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, guys have been working hard, you know, whether it's attacking the ball when it's high or coming back to the ball for Pat, you know, just trying to make that play, you know, so it's going to be a great challenge, you know, on both sides. Like, they're going to make us work, and we're going to make them work too, though. So it's all about who wins the most. And I feel like, well, I know our guys are going to win the most. Number two, Tom Brady signing an extension in Tampa. Talked about playing past 45. He's got one year left on his deal next year. He's coming back 100%. Could he stay longer than that? Bruce Arians was asked if he thought Tom Brady could be with Tampa for more than two years. Earlier this week, Tom had mentioned that he's kind of open to the fact of, uh, of playing after 45. Uh, given what you've seen him do this year, have you or Jason talked with him or his people about extending his contract past uh, next year? Yeah, I don't do it. I don't have anything to do with contracts. So that would be all Jason's question. And uh, I think Tom's real happy where he's at, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Number three, the NFL has made it here to the Super Bowl. We do need to commend Roger Goodell, regardless how you feel about the guy. He deserves praise. Everyone in the league deserves praise. We got here. It wasn't perfect, but a lot of people sacrificed a lot to get to the Super Bowl here in Tampa. Goodell yesterday discussed how this year had gone. This was um, an extraordinary collective effort. Um, there's so many people that had to work together to get this done. Uh, there were doubters, obviously. There were people that didn't believe we could do it. Uh, obviously, we had a lot of unknowns ourselves, uh, but we believed that staying on schedule and working towards trying to get 256 games done, uh, as we sort of say shorthand, avoid the asterisk. And I think we were able to do that, but we still got a few days left here, so we're focused on making sure we finish out strong. Fourth and finally here on the hard four, the NBA is going to have an all-star game in Atlanta on March the 7th. We talked about this yesterday. Nah, not great. Don't like it. Against it. You're getting all the big talent together in one city in the middle of a pandemic where COVID could take out the NBA, like the entire NBA, all the stars. If you had a COVID-19 outbreak, I don't get it. It's real dangerous, way too risky. And after the win over the Nuggets last night, LeBron James let the NBA have it. Short off season for, for myself and my teammates was 71 days. And then coming to the season, um, you know, we were told that we were not having an all-star game. So we had a, a nice little break, um, you know, five days from the 5th through the 10th. You know, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season. My teammates as well, some of the guys in the league. And then they, they throw an all-star game on us like this and, and just breaks that all the way up. So um, pretty much a kind of a slap in the face. Stop in the face. Four big stories for us here on a busy Friday's Pushing the Odds. Coming up, let's talk in the opening line. Interesting comments. <laughs> One from Russell Wilson. Another 
Bruce Arians about what we might see coming up from a defensive standpoint as we kind of try to roll through here all the storylines in the NFL. There are tons of them, but are we going to see quarterbacks playing until they're 40, 45 consistently now? Like, is this going to be a thing? Are the rules set up where playing quarterback, even though football is so physical, that you can play football for a long time at the quarterback spot because you can't get touched? There's something to it, right? If you aren't a running quarterback, if you're a pocket-passing quarterback, you're Tom Brady, the Eli Manning type, right? So, like, could Mac Jones out of Alabama, who is not athletic and can't run, could that kid, if he earned a starting job, he looks like he's a first-round pick, if you believe the, the draft experts coming up here. So Mac Jones gets taken in the late first round. If that guy gets a starting job in year two or three with, with whatever team it drafts him, could he play for 20 years? Is that going to be the thing now to play for 20 years? Because we can't hit quarterbacks. Can't hit them low. Can't hit them high. You can sometimes hit them, but you can't throw them to the ground. You can't land on them. They're basically guys out there standing with a big you-can't-touch-me sign. More on that in the opening line coming up next. It's a busy Friday, 702-751-MATS, text line. Opening line next. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us this is the sports grid radio network zone defense or, or man coverage and you don't want to single these guys that often so uh if you can just do it with four yeah, yeah it's a blessing can they get pressure on patrick mahomes by rushing four it's one of the biggest questions that i am looking to get answered going into the super bowl i think it dictates a ton as to how this game is going to go Now, Patrick Mahomes' toe is clearly going to be something we're going to watch, right? If he can't move the way he normally is able to move, then clearly that's a a big storyline, right? It's a big problem. But the pressure, Jason Pierre-Paul and White and company, can they get to Patrick Mahomes and maybe not sack him or hit him? Can they make him move off his spot? And look, we've seen all the crazy throws, right? The sidearm throws, the running against his body. I mean, he is incredibly tough to stop. I'm not saying that just because you get pressure on him, he can't complete passes. He can. There's no debating that. But if that toe creates problems for him, I just wonder, are we going to see an opportunity for this Buccaneer defense to make plays and turn the ball over? It's football, right? So turnovers decide games all the time. Turnovers are how the Packers got back into the game two weeks ago, right? They were getting blown out, and then Brady throws three picks, and all of a sudden it's a game. Well, I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a bunch of picks. Will he throw one pick? Will there be a fumble? Will there be something that will happen here that changes the narrative? That all of a sudden it's, wow, the defense did X, the defense did Y, okay? I'm really curious. I'm really excited to see this. And I'm really happy for Tom Brady. I, I, You know, if you're a Patriot fan, I don't know how you can't be happy for Tom Brady. I don't know how you can't be happy. I mean, this is 
I have no problem with Patriot fans adapting the Buccaneers. I'm wearing a Buccaneers hat on the live stream. You can see this. I, to- I-, I told you after the championship game, my Twitter account became a Tampa Bay Stan fan account. Okay? Or Stan account, whatever the kids call it these days. I just, how can you not love Tom Brady if you're a Patriot fan? How can you not be pumped for him, for Gronk? This is great for them. I'm happy for them. The Patriots weren't going to be back if Brady had become a Patriot this year. It stayed. They weren't going to be in this game. No way. He had to go somewhere else. He wanted to keep going and playing at an elite level. And he wanted to go show he could do it without Belichick. And he went out there and proved he could do it without Belichick. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. We have known this forever. All right? No Patriot fans, we've been told that we're wrong about this forever. It's Montana. No, it's it's Bradshaw. Or no, it's Unitas. Or everyone had this and but and though and oh. Like it was always Brady's great, but now what do you say? The dude's in his tenth Super Bowl and he could win number seven. Manning came close, nowhere close to this. All right, there is no one close in sports, Michael Jordan included. There is no one close to Tom Brady. He is the greatest American athlete ever. Bobby Jones, go to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Go through it, man. Whatever you want. Okay, what Brady just did, he's the greatest quarterback ever. And the rules created Tom Brady. The rules created Tom Brady. Why? He can't be touched. You can't hit him. You can't touch him. So, when Russell Wilson talks about how long he wants to play for, there's a reason for this. Okay? There's a reason why he's saying this, because he knows he can. Russell Wilson on how long he'd like to play. It's about the mindset, too, and, and, and it's you know preparing and investing in that part of it, too, as well. So that's been a big part of it for my career, um, you know, to really – uh, sustained success and how do you do it and year in and year out and then you know ultimately I want to play another 10, 10 15 years so you know I, I've been thinking about that daily every day and um, and you have a whole plan for that and so you know for me it's the, it's the obsession with winning it's the obsession with the process you got to love the process more than the end result and you got to be able to you know focus on championships and winning championships and so all of that together um, is something that I've, I've been really passionate about and uh, really care about every day and you know to be honest with you you got to sit up in the front of the room and take notes. You got to keep highlighting. You got to keep studying. You got to keep learning. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've always dedicated my game to. Russell Wilson on Fox Sports Radio. 47. 15 years from now, he's 47. He wants to play that much longer. Tom Brady's my age. Okay, I'm 43. Tom Brady's 43, 44 years old. Tom Brady is going to play past 45. He's going to do it. He's going to sign another contract. They're going to be right back in the conversation. If they lose on Sunday, they will be right back in the conversation. All right? And it is interesting because Brady, if let's say he gets back here again to L.A. next year, takes Tampa back to the Super Bowl, and says he loses again. Tom Brady could you know, look at his legacy in terms of records, right? He's 6-3 and three right now in the Super Bowl. Could be 6-4. and four. Six and five. I mean, that's why wins and losses for quarterbacks is pretty stupid. It's not all on you. You know, it's not all on your loss. Your team lost, not you. Now, Brady has had incredible influence on whether or not the Patriots won the championships that they won. And I will go back and I will cherish the last 20 years. People who want to hate on Brady going the Bucks, 
are people that pine over their ex-girlfriends for their entire lives, right? It happened. It's great. It's over. Move on. Okay? Move on. Go forward. You can't go back to tomorrow or just yesterday. You only look forward to tomorrow. And to me, Brady with the Patriots was the greatest run of any athlete ever. Okay? Ever. And Brady in this game is an incredible accomplishment. And Bill Belichick deserves a ton of respect and praise. He developed Tom Brady. He found him, drafted him, cultivated him, knew to hand the reins over to him. Brady, in his own way, because he's Tom Brady, worked his tail off over and over and over, working to become the best quarterback he could possibly be, to be the healthiest quarterback he could ever be. The dude looks insane, okay? I look at him, and I'm like, how are you and I the same age? Like, we don't look the same. I mean, I look way older than Tom Brady. Everyone who's in their 40s looks older than Tom Brady. Now, he eats an incredibly disciplined diet, and he's a guy who a lot of people look to with this TB12 method, and whatever the heck it is, it works. Okay? Whatever whatever it is. I have said for the longest time, I will crumble if we get a Balco story out of the TB12 method. All right? If there is something un- Something illegal going on, something unethical going on, something against the rules going on with Tom Brady, I will crumble because it would be devastating to watch that career get torn down by what he did to accomplish it. And then all the rings, all the championships, everything would be in question with Brady. I hope that that never happens. I hope that it all is avocado ice cream and sleeping and drinking a ton of water and staying away from any processed foods. And I hope it's all of that, eating a plant-based diet. I hope all those things are true. And I hope Brady gets to have his moment in the sun. But he will always be a patriot. Tom Brady will have a statue outside of Gillette Stadium. Tom Brady will have a statue in Boston at one point. I mean, there's a Red Arbach statue in Boston. There's going to be this Bill Russell statue. There's going to be a Tom Brady statue in Boston at some point when he's done. Okay? It's an incredible thing for Tampa. Everyone is psyched. You should be psyched for Tampa. But you're borrowing Tom Brady. You borrowed him. And he brings you a championship. That's incredible. That's amazing. The Chiefs borrowed Joe Montana. You didn't own Joe Montana. You didn't win a championship with him. But you went on a run with him. Okay, He, he was there for a couple of years. Brady will be in Tampa for a couple of years. He spent 20 in New England. And... Incredible come-from-behind victories. The snow game, the tuck rule, the drive against the Rams after 9-11, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl after 9-11, the 16-0 regular season, winning down 28-3, coming back and winning the championship, Malcolm Butler's interception, David Tyree's helmet catch. These are all things that happened with Tom Brady on the Patriots. It's part of NFL history, but it's also part of the Patriots' history. And the championships, the six of them, the six and nine record in the Super Bowl, which is ridiculous, beating Donovan McNabb, beating Cam Newton, beating up on Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, yeah, beating Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game in Fox, uh, sorry, in Kansas City, winning that game. Okay, on their way to a championship, the things that Brady has accomplished will be never done again. But Russell Wilson saying he wants to play to four, till forty-seven has everything to do with Tom Brady. Because in the NFL now, you can play that long if you're a quarterback. Before, when you got to 32, I always laughed about this. When I was 32, I was in like the, 
my 30s were people say their 20s were their greatest my 30s were my favorite time of you know i love i love my life now love being a father love being a husband and all the things but when, when in terms of like just sheer fun my 30s were my my go decade like i just i've often said 30s when i want to have fun 40s or when i want to make money that's always been my my career goal so 30 was like i was I was making money. I had no responsibilities. I, I ran around and had a ton of fun. I traveled everywhere. I, I had just an absolute ball in during my 30s. Met my wife, got married late later in my 30s, had our child. But, but like the early, early five years of my, my 30s were just a ball. I loved my 30s. My 40s are fun too, but I love my 30s. And I often said like, why are quarterbacks' careers ending at 33, 34 years old? Why is that washed up? I didn't feel washed up, and I was not a pro athlete, but I was like, if you take care of yourself, you work out, you should be okay. And quarterbacks are that now. Your 30s, that's your go decade in the NFL. That's your, that's your winning decade. You spend your 20s learning everything, and then when you turn you know, 28, 29, now you go. Now you start winning. Get to 30. Now you go. 31, 32, 33. Matthew Stafford. Everyone's like, oh, Matthew Stafford's too old. Baloney. Matthew Stafford's going to Los Angeles, and he's in the prime of his life. This dude's going to put up numbers in Los Angeles. Tom Brady's why everyone's thinking that. Tom Brady's totally changed the game in more ways than one. Playing to your 45 may not be that crazy. Brady playing past 45, I don't think is nuts at all. Let's talk to Ariel Epstein. Let's go back picking props in the Super Bowl. Sports Grids, Ariel Epstein next here. I'm pushing the odds. Stick around. We are the first. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. But she's been kind enough to keep talking about the Super Bowl and after doing her show and coming on Pushing the Odds, Ariel, Matt Peralt, how are you? I'm great, Matt. Thanks for having me on. You can never get sick of talking about the Super Bowl. Come on. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. We all probably will be by Sunday at kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what is Super Bowl Sunday like for you? Do you have your, a routine? Do you have uh, a certain go-to meal, cocktail? What, what's, what's it like for you on Sunday? I don't really have much of a routine because I'm always either working or not working. I never know the answer, usually until about five days beforehand. Last year, I worked the entire Super Bowl. I was on in-game live on SportsGrid for the entire game. The year before that, I was able to watch the game. And this year, I actually am able to watch the game. So it switches off. Of course, if I'm not on the air, a cocktail or a few is a necessity. <laughs> I'll hang out with a couple of friends. I'm actually going to a friend's place who lives in New Jersey. You know why I did that. Yes. Because <laughs> you live in New York, right? Exactly. Yes. So geographically speaking, New Jersey is a better place to be on the Super Bowl for you. Exactly. If I see something on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you know that my fingers will be typing away. <laughs> All right, so this game is interesting. You guys talked to John Sheeran. We had John Sheeran on as well, and, and he keeps on saying that they're stuck at three and they're not moving. They're staying there. I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I believe them. Do you think that three-and-a-halves are going to pop across the country before kickoff on Sunday? 
It's hard for me to say that John's wrong. He is the man that sets the line. However, I think that the books are saving themselves. The books have the most liability on Bucks' futures. Everyone yeah. dove in on Tom Brady and the Bucks as soon as he went over to Tampa Bay. That number was at 15 to 1 for so many people because that number stayed at 15 to 1 for a pretty long time on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think the book is just trying to make sure that they protect themselves and keep this line at plus three, hoping they don't have too much exposure at plus three and a half. Do you have a feel on the side, Chiefs minus three or Bucks plus three? I think the Chiefs win this game. It's hard for me to lay the points. If I had to, I would. I just I don't want to go against Patrick Mahomes. Then on the flip side, I think that this game is all going to rely on who plays better defense. Yeah. Although the Bucks were the better defense for the majority of the season, last year showed exactly why this Chiefs defense can just get hot at the right time. They've done exactly that, and I think it's gone under the radar. I've been saying this all week. Throughout the regular season, the Chiefs' defense was definitely the worst in the league in the red zone. They allowed 74% of their opponents to score on them. In the last three games, the Chiefs have only allowed 62% of their opponents to score in the red zone. That's only 1% more than what the Bucks allow at 61%. These defenses are playing almost identical to each other in the red zone. So if I have to choose which team I'm going to back, I'll back the team that has the better offense. To me, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. So with that said about the way the defense are playing, we've seen the number. It opened up at 7.5 on the total. It's now 55.5 at the FanDuel Sportsbook, so two points. The Pros clearly think the under is the play. I went. I took fifty six and a half a couple of days ago before it dropped down. But how do you feel about the total being fifty five and a half? I wish I bet that under fifty seven and a half uh, two yeah. weeks ago when the line came out, just because I knew it wasn't going up. The sharps rarely bet overs in Super Bowls. When I asked director of trading at Vandal, John Sheeran, earlier today about that total, I said. Did that total move because of money, or did that move was that move because of weather? He said it was weather. Huh. Sharon said that that was not because of money. He said weather might play a factor, wind or rain. They're going to keep an eye on it. I do know the sharks that I've spoken with, who I really respect, all are on that under fifty-seven and a half. However, when it comes to the movement, John says it was solely based off the weather prediction. That's interesting because it looks like at game time it's going to be fine. There'll be weather pre-game, but in-game, no rain's being forecasted. And I don't care. Wind is the only thing I care about. I don't care about rain, cold, snow. I care about wind. As of right now, it doesn't doesn't look like it's going to be that windy. I mean, I guess it's Florida, so you've got to be careful with you know stuff coming off the coast and whatnot. But for the most part, I think wind, I bet it just because of the defenses. I didn't bet it because of weather. I think it was a, it was a defensive move. So answer this question, Ariel. This is the most... Craziest stat of the entire Super Bowl week. That Tom Brady, in the first quarter, his teams have scored a grand total. Not one game. Nine games. Three points. I have bet under 10.5 points in the first quarter, expecting Brady to have another slow start here in the Super Bowl. But how do you feel about Brady in the first quarter? Do you think it continues? I think so. I think the under in the first quarter is a decent play. I'm taking a separate approach from it, but I'll give that to you in a second. The Bucks also haven't allowed a touchdown to be scored in the first quarter, aside for one time in the last six games. Atlanta Falcons were the last ones to do it. Otherwise, the team before that was the Chiefs in Week 12. 
I think second time around, you could see the Bucks limiting the Chiefs in the first quarter also. Chiefs are a second-half kind of team in these situations. Saw it last year in the Super Bowl. Sometimes the Chiefs just uh, don't have to turn the switch on until they really need to in the second or third quarter. That's why I'm going to Patrick Mahomes to throw a second-quarter touchdown. Yes. Instead of betting no for Mahomes to throw a first-quarter touchdown, this time I don't have to bet against the reigning NFL uh, Super Bowl MVP, I could just bet for Mahomes to throw that second quarter, quarter touchdown. It's at minus 145 on FanDuel, so laying a little bit of juice. However, Mahomes has thrown a second quarter touchdown in 12 of 17 games he's played this year. Going with the Bucks, who haven't allowed a first quarter touchdown aside for one time in those six games, I feel that betting on the second quarter or even the third quarter are better bets than relying on scoring to be done in the first. I love that second quarter play because, I mean, Mahomes, I think since Mahomes come into the, has come into the NFL, I think he's the best quarterback in the second quarter in the NFL. I mean, he just lights yeah. teams up in and the second And it was minus quarter. 155 to bet no. Why am I going to bet against Mahomes, lay more juice, where I could just get 10 more cents, bet for Mahomes instead in the second? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like that second quarter bet a lot. How do you feel about the rushing in this game? And, and everyone's trying to figure out which back's going to get the most carries. I think people are sleeping on Ronald Jones. If you look at the year he had, he was always the primary back. I know he got hurt. He missed a week. And in the postseason, it's been playoff Lenny everyone's talking about. But I think the team's going to go back to Ronald Jones. And his rushing prop total is only 34.5 is what I got. It's up to 37.5 now. But I got it at 34.5 rushing yards for Ronald Jones. How do you feel about his rushing props? You are a very daring man, Matt. I have no interest in looking into this market. That's how I feel about Ronald Jones. I don't care about how any of these running backs perform in the props market. I'm not handicapping it. I'm not looking at it. And that goes for both teams. I am not about to guess what these coaches are going to do with their run game. I'm not going to guess between Fournette and Jones. I'm not going to guess between Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Elair and Daryl Williams. That's why I hate any time touchdown props. It's why yeah. I am not looking at this running back prop because I don't feel like playing the guessing game. I'd rather use analytics that can support any of the bets that I'm going to make instead of having to guess if a running back's healthy, if they feel that they haven't, if they want to scheme their game plan a little bit differently. Yeah, that's not my job. They get paid millions. I don't. I'll let them get paid millions to choose between running backs. I'll find someone else. Errol, it's Steve from SportsGrid joining us here on Pushing the Odds. All right, so what do you do? And we talked to John Searin about this stat because it's ridiculous. So Tariq Hill's receiving yardage prop opened up at 86.5. It's up to 94.5. And, and the numbers, <laughs> the money is just pouring in on the over. It's At one point, it was 98%, it, 95% of the bets and 98% of the money. There's been a little buyback. But doesn't this scream just wait and take the under, let the numbers climb, 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 and then take the under before kickoff for Hills receiving? I think you could say that for anybody. Any of these props, if you wait until Sunday, you're going to get the oversaturated highest number of the entire two weeks that these lines have been out. Instead of betting an under on a man that could probably run the length of the field faster than anybody else who's going to be out there for this game, I'm going to Hill's longest receptions prop. It's at 27 and a half. Hill has hit this number multiple times this season. Um, I do have the number here. Uh, he's hit this over 10 times this season. The Bucks defense 
have allowed 22 players to hit over 27 and a half yards for their longest reception in the 16 games that they've played. So, or in 16 games this season, excuse me. So 22 players in 16 games have hit this over. I think that Tyreek Hill, who has the ability to slam the deep ball, I mean, this man caught a 75-yard reception in the last game these two teams played. Instead of betting against Hill, instead of betting an under on a prop that Hill has hit over 100 receiving yards multiple times in his career, he's the deep threat of this Chiefs team. This is a banged-up buck secondary. As much as people say, Oh, don't you think that the Bucks know this about Hill? He destroyed them for over 200 receiving yards. Don't you think they try to target him? Yeah, well, don't you think every team is trying to play the perfect yeah. game? Sometimes you just don't have the pieces in place to do it. If the Bucks defensive players in their secondary who are hurt play in the game and are questionable or even if they're just a little bit banged up and they're not at full strength, it takes a lot to compete with the Cheetah. And Tyreek Hill yeah. is the fastest player in the NFL. Instead of betting against him, instead of betting this very sharp market with the number one receiver to bet on in this Super Bowl, I will just say over 27 and a half for his longest reception. Like it. One more question before I let you go. What do you do with Travis Kelsey's props here? Same kind of conversation. He has had an incredible postseason, and his numbers are getting high. My thought is, if Hill goes under, Kelsey's total receptions, I think, goes over. Because I think they'll play zone behind a four-man front and and basically allow Kelsey to go one-on-one with a linebacker, and he'll destroy them. How do you feel about Kelsey's props? Minus 146 to the over for seven and a half on FanDuel. I don't really have much of an opinion on Kelsey. I'm really staying away from a lot of these main markets. They're going to be the sharpest ones. I know they're the ones everyone wants to hear about. I'm looking more towards the defensive player props. Those have been extremely profitable for me. I have hit every defensive player prop I've bet on this postseason. I never bet defensive player props until the playoffs because I got destroyed in the (laughs) wild card round by props. I said, you know what? Something's not working here. Let me look to something I've never done before. That was targeting all of the different defensive players. Devin White especially, the book linebacker, has been amazing. You speak of Travis Kelsey at tight end if he's in the slot. Who's going to be the linebacker that's going to have to try to find them? It could be White. White had 12 tackles against the Chiefs team in Week 12. He's had over 10 tackles in both games he's played in in the playoffs. Remember, White didn't play in the wild card game against Washington because of COVID protocol. White's prop has not moved. It's at 9.5 still. It's been 9.5 this entire playoffs. He's hit it every time. I don't know why the book hasn't readjusted. I might be taking bait here. I don't know. Right now, to me, I think that having Devin White's over nine and a half tackles plus assists is the way to play if you're trying to play something up the middle. Love it. Ariel, best of luck on Sunday. Thank you for the time. Love talking to you. Really appreciate you coming on. Have fun on Sunday. Thanks, Matt. You too. Good luck. That is Ariel Epstein at Ariel Epstein on Twitter. Joining us here on Pushing the Odds. Devin White tackles over nine and a half. Looks attractive. That's a nice play. That's a nice angle. I like what she's doing, too. You know, in college basketball, you play the big, sharp market, the big games. You always get killed. You play the the MAC games. You play the Mountain West Conference games. You can find value. You can find softer lines and easier plays to win. Good stuff. More to come. Super Bowl. Pushing the Odds. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. John 204. <laughs> Unfortunately, the odds also on Sports Map Radio. Very good stuff there. I'm going to have to go find that Devin White tackles prop that she gave out. I like that. I, I, I need a defensive prop. I don't have any defensive props. I've got all offensive props. And she's right. You should be looking at trying to get into some other smaller markets in the Super Bowl, trying to find edges. And that Devin White tackles prop is pretty nice. I, I, I do like that a lot. I mean, I've got a lot of unders going. If a first quarter under, shortest touchdown, one and a half yards under, uh, we got now. I could get the Devin White overs, I guess, there, but I got the game under. I'm taking the dog in Tampa Bay at plus three and a half. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'll have five bucks on the coin flip just for the heck of it, just for fun, but nothing serious on the coin flip. And in certain markets, you can bet on the Gatorade and you can bet on some other crazy stuff. But you know, before we wrap here on, on sports grid. Say one quick thing for you guys on XM, just my advice to you. Have fun, but don't go nuts. Don't get over-invested. Don't get over-committed, okay? Don't be – don't regret everything. Like, if you have – if you're up in the NFL this year betting – don't lose at all here on the Super Bowl. Like, there's no need to go firing like crazy on this game. Have fun, pace yourself, and take some – you know, take some prop bets that are going to be, you know, you can play over the four quarters. You know, the game's four quarters. The you know the side and the total are four quarters. Like find prop bets that you can have fun with for all four quarters. And you know, we're not going to be doing our typical stuff. I mean, I'm not going to be around anybody for the Super Bowl. I haven't been around anybody really anyway. I don't like being around people during COVID. But I am. You know, I'm going to be, my wife and daughter are going to go to over to a friend's house where they're going to go play because the guys are going to watch football. I don't want to go over there. So they're going over there. So I'm going to be solo for the Super Bowl, having fun, eating, drinking, and watching the game and having all these prop bets involved. Pace yourself. Be calm. Be cool. But have fun. It's the Super Bowl. Lunchtime with a bookmaker is up next with Brian Blessing, and then we're continuing on Sports Map Radio as well for two more hours. Don't move if you're on Sports Map. Pushing the odds. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Coming at you.